This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Sustainable-ish. Thank you so much for joining me as we delve into conversations about how we can make a difference without necessarily having to go full-on mung bean. Although if you are a mung bean fan, you are absolutely still very much more than welcome. Now this episode is hitting the airways just a couple of days before Black Friday 2019. If you've been living under a rock, maybe eating mung beans, and haven't heard of Black Friday, it's another delightful American import that has made its way over here and is basically where retailers and manufacturers slash their prices in a bid to get you to buy all the things in the run-up to Christmas. And this episode feels very timely. I'm totally patting myself on the back for this and pretending it was all a very strategic plan when in reality I just got a bit behind with podcast schedule after half term, but shh. As I am chatting to Ollie at the charity Global Action Plan about their I Don't Buy It campaign. This is a campaign aimed at teenagers and their parents to raise awareness around the insidiousness... I think I might have just made up a word, of advertising, especially online, and the steps that they can take to try and consume more thoughtfully. One of the things that's suggested is to time a minute scrolling through your Instagram feed or Facebook if you're not on Instagram, and make a note of how many ads and sponsored posts you see. And I would really urge you, teenager or not, to give this a go and then share the results. You can share with the I don't buy it hashtag on social media or you can leave a comment in the show notes because I guarantee you it will be a real eye opener. As ever, all the links are in the show notes, which you can find at www.asustainablelife.co.uk. And if you enjoy the show, please do pop a rating and a review on your favourite podcast platform to help spread the word. Enjoy. Hi, Ollie. Welcome to Sustainable-ish. Hi, Jen. Thank you very much for having me. Now, I'm really excited uh, to have you here for two reasons. One is what we're going to be talking about with the I Don't Buy It campaign with Global Action Plan. But I've actually just discovered that you're Ollie from Sustainable, which is one of my favourite podcasts. <laughs> that's, that's very nice of you. Uh, yes, yeah. Um, it's, it's fun to be talking to someone with a very similarly named podcast. <laughs> and it's like meeting, it's always slightly weird when you properly kind of see people well not in real life because we're obviously talking over the phone but yeah you're a real person and uh, you've got a proper job as well so tell us <laughs> I've got about an actual job yeah <laughs> tell us about global action plan 
Yeah, so Global Action Plan is a, a, an environmental behaviour change charity, been going along for um, over 25 years now. Um, and I guess some of the most high-profile things that, that you might have heard of that Global Action Plan do um, are around Clean Air Day. So we are the, the organisers of Clean Air Day, have been doing it for the last couple of years, um, which is it's really taking off and we're getting hundreds of thousands of people and, uh, and businesses and organizations getting involved in, in clean air day, raising awareness of, um, of air pollution and the effects of air pollution on people's health. Um, and crucially, you know, doing things about it. So having closing streets to traffic and having street parties or, you know, monitoring the pollution where they are, all that sort of stuff. So, um, that's, that's the sort of thing we do. Brilliant. And what's your role at Global Action Plan? So I am the policy and campaigns lead at Global Action Plan. And uh, I'm working at the moment primarily on our well-being and consumerism work, um, which is, I guess, in a nutshell, we're, we're looking at what we think is the root cause of both the kind of crisis in well-being, and, and, and that's particularly acute in young people, but also clearly the environmental crisis and that root cause being the overwhelming pressure to consume that we mm. all um, are faced with and, and the, that young people are, are targeted with, essentially. Yeah, and I think quite a lot of the time we don't necessarily join the dots between our own personal consumption and, say, the climate crisis. What are some of the issues that that overconsumption, or I think you talk about hyperconsumption on the website, what are some of the issues that they cause? Yeah, well, I think there are um, there are two ways to, to look at it. I mean, the, the first is the very obvious kind of environmental impacts. So if we are being told the whole time to buy ever more stuff, then, you know, that stuff has got to be made out of other stuff. And we're mm. running out of that stuff. You know, resource use is, uh, is at a critical stage where we know that we're using um, about 70% more of the planet's resources than it can possibly sustain and you know population globally is continuing to grow and people are using more and more stuff so so that's a very very urgent crisis and um and we're we're now starting to see really clear um impacts of that in terms of deforestation or um you know mining and resource mm. use and, and and water use water depletion and all the rest of it um and i think that's you know that's not new people people have known for a very long time that um, using and buying and throwing away loads of stuff is bad for the planet. But what is really clear and, and uh, lots of really interesting academic research makes clear is that that same process of buying loads more stuff but kind of striving for more stuff is also really bad mm. for our well-being. Um, it, it buys into all of these these values that are overlaid on that that say that you know, the way you can be happy is to acquire an ever more kind of affluent lifestyle or, um, you know, to chase financial success or yeah. chase status in your work or, uh, you know, be judged by how beautiful you are or look more beautiful and appear more beautiful to, to all the people around you. And and the research is very, very clear that actually those things, uh, those aspirations and those those attitudes are aligned quite closely with poor well-being and, and low self-esteem and indeed things like loneliness and in young people eating disorders and um, it's basically a whole you know range of very very poor outcomes for for people's well-being so 
we're we're really interested in in tackling it for both those reasons and saying hang on a minute it's that overwhelming drive to consume which is both uh screwing up planet and and knackering our well-being yeah and this is kind of music to my ears because like we spent a year buying nothing new um several years ago now but we i sort of dragged my husband and the kids along for the ride and and I and I don't know if it, I just sort of naively thought oh, this would be quite a fun challenge, and then and then it really kind of forced me to to address how much we were consuming. I wouldn't have said we were massive consumers. We're not one of those families that goes shopping in the town for you know fun on a Saturday, but it's either it's just those little things like going into Lidl's for a pint of milk and coming out with a fence sprayer, or you know like going to IKEA and coming out with those bloody tea lights and um I'm just you know you I'd be going around saying to be shopping and think oh the kids would like that t-shirt or you know and, and I think so much of what we buy is so unconscious now and having that stop gap of kind of I want this or I need this and oh I've got to look a bit harder for it because I've got to find it secondhand was just like massively powerful for me mm. um so I think it really made me realize how much we're kind of manipulated and exactly as you said we're sold this um this tale that our lives will be better, richer, prettier, more successful if we've got the latest X, Y, and Z. And we kind of all know it's not true, but we, we're sort of like that definition of insanity, isn't it? We're constantly doing the same thing and hoping for different results. It's weird. Yeah. And, and, and it, but it's also a completely unfair fight because, you know, on, uh, on an individual level, we're obviously all trying to navigate our way through complicated lives with, with myriad different pressures. Um, and when you go into a supermarket or you're shopping online and you're trying to, as you say, hold those kind of values which you know to be important mm. um, in mind, on the other side, you've got almost kind of infinite resources targeted at, uh, at your insecurities or yes. what, you know, what all of the latest um, psychology and behavioral science understands about how humans make choices and is is desperately trying to press all of your buttons that you don't even know you had yeah. uh, to you know to to lay, as you say to make sure that when you came in for a pint of milk you end up leaving with a <laughs> with a head trimmer or something <laughs> and it's it's not a fair fight and you know there've been lots of programs about how uh, supermarkets are laid out very, very carefully so that, for instance, all of the sweeps are at eye level for children just yeah. by the till, you know, when you're standing there in a queue and your yeah. kids are tired and bored and they resent having been taken around the, the supermarket. And then, what do you know, lots of colourful chocolate yeah. bars are at their eye level. All of that stuff is going on all the time. And I think it's important that, you know, Global Action Plan is, is really uh, keen to stress that we're not saying if only people were more sensible, if only mm, people had, mm. you know, were valued the, the, the important things in life more, you know, they wouldn't be making all these, these silly decisions. It's, you know, there are very, very powerful forces yeah. desperately trying to get you to part with as much cash as possible of things you don't need. <laughs> Yay! Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, on the upside. <laughs> so, so the campaign that you've launched in the last couple of weeks is uh, hashtag I don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're really excited to launch this campaign. And uh, I guess there are, there are two kind of elements of it. The, the first is uh, largely based on Instagram. And we're essentially trying to start a conversation with teenagers um, where we're asking them to time just for a minute um, 
while they're scrolling through their Instagram feed and see how many adverts pop up in that feed in that one minute. Um, now just I count, did this. Just count them. And oh, it's quite you? scary. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. And obviously I'm not a teenager. And um, But I, I just had a scroll through and I got six or seven, you know, that were labeled sponsored ads. Um, yeah. Six or seven. And I mean, obviously I'm my feed is probably very different from your average 16 year old I was getting targeted by world wildlife fund and ethical shoes do you know but like I can I can still see how you know I was surprised that there were that many in in a minute it felt like every two or three posts was a sponsored post yeah it's it's huge and I mean we uh we would include the kind of influencer posts in that category as well so you know clearly for young people that's that's a large part of uh of who they follow um but it's it's pretty shocking, and we've we've worked with some digital uh, monitoring agencies who tell us that on average it's one every three or four posts on Instagram is an yeah. ad. And we just you know we really want to, the reason we've called it I don't buy it is because we we think that there's a kind of strange contradiction going on here where teenagers who are you know throughout the ages teenagers have refused to do what they are told <laughs> like that's the whole point of being a teenager right <laughs> you know you rebel and yet you know they are being very very finely marketed to and and being defined by a set of algorithms which is hoovering up data um about you know their online presence and being told right this is who you are this is how we define you buy this stuff consume this stuff look like this person aspire mm. to be this person and we think that there's got to be something in that sort of inner teenage rebelliousness, which is going to go, oh, hang on a minute. I, no, I don't. I don't yeah. buy this. Like, um, who are you to tell me what I should be buying and in what quantity and, and, and what sort of person I am? Um, and we think they're just kind of starting by registering the sheer quantity of adverts that they're being bombarded with is, is a good way to to start that. Yeah. Um, and why did you want to specifically target it at teenagers? we all consume too much well because um i think that there is uh, a huge amount of focus from from advertisers from from brands on on capturing teenagers i mean these are the consumers for the next you yeah, know, yeah, 10 yeah. 20 30 years for these brands and they know that if they can hook them in and get loyalty and, and get a kind of shared sense of identity early then you know it works very nicely yeah. for their for their bottom line and increasingly you're seeing that that line between brands and kind of what they're now called, you know, brand ambassadors yeah. is really blurring. So, you know, Stormzy and Adidas, for instance, are a really classic example of they co-create art. You know, it's not that Stormzy just says, I like Adidas stuff, please buy it. Right. You know, they're all, they're, all they're, they're getting ever more sort of intertwined. And that's, that's how, how brands are working. And we, we think it is a very deliberate strategy to make sure that, it's not always obvious what an advert, what's an advert, and what isn't, and what's being yeah, promoted, I mean, what isn't. Obviously, you get sponsored posts, and and theoretically, if um, influencers, and we'll talk about them in a minute, but influencers are being paid to advertise something, they're supposed to be quite transparent about that, and kind of hashtag ad and that sort of thing. Mm. But I guess it's almost becoming a little bit like product placement on television, is it? You're sort of just seeing stuff coming up by people that you maybe admire or that you you recognize and you trust and and they're just sort of quietly wearing certain things or doing certain exactly. things exactly and and there's there's a little bit of attention on this from some of the regulators so that the advertising standards authority 
uh, are a body who in, in theory are supposed to kind of uphold certain um, standards and, and occasionally they make a song and dance about a particular influencer who mm-hmm. they've you know given a ticking off to for not making it that clear but I mean the sheer quantity of of these posts and and brands are increasingly going after what they call micro influence as well so that's that's people who have got a smallish following you know mm-hmm. not not Kim Kardashian with yeah, however yeah. many millions we've got but but someone who's got a couple of thousand um, or ten thousand or so you know relatively loyal um, followers uh, and and trying to get many many more of those people um, talking to their kind of very young following and that's mm. that's much harder to to regulate yeah um, and, and I guess the second part I mean that comes on to the second part of our campaign which is which is more focused to parents of teenagers yeah um, we released a story about that um, about the number of trainers that are in the, I saw the trainer mountain. <laughs> they're in the UK's teenagers' bedrooms. Um, and that was based on a survey we, we did of, of teenagers just asking them how many, um, how many pairs of shoes they got. And it's, it's fairly staggering, but you've got 58 million shoes or 29 million pairs of, of trainers um, in the UK teenagers' um, homes. And that's, that averages at about six pairs per person, per teenager. Wow. Um, and because didn't I read there's a what percentage of them aren't even worn about a third so about a, they the, the same teenagers were telling us that about a third of those shoes hadn't been worn in the last three months um and we you know we're by no means saying that that trainers are the only problem but yeah. we just think that's a really kind of stark symbol of um the totally unnecessary yeah. um overconsumption. but it's you know trainers are an incredibly powerful status symbol you talk to a to any parent of, yeah. of teenage kids and they say that you know your shoes are the are the things which can make or break your your success in a peer group or um <laughs> you know particularly when when school uniforms are, are standardized so actually what you know shoes are one of the few places you can kind of express yourself yeah. but yeah so we, we we put that story out there and and also in in the story talked about the amount of money which is now being spent on digital advertising of, of trainers compared to TV advertising. Okay. Because we think that's another another bit where potentially parents aren't quite yet caught up to, to what's going on. Um, you know, in the past, we could all watch whatever our teenagers were watching on telly. Mm, and, yeah. Um, you know, if there are any adverts on there, we could all see them. And yeah. um, there are rules on telly about how many minutes per hour can be taken yeah. up with, with adverts. None of that applies online. And as as young people are spending more and more time on on social media, particularly you know, literally just on, you know turning their phone on, yeah, uh, the moment they wake up and and staying on it until they go to bed, um, they are just exposed to an unbelievable quantity of ads uh, where there is basically no regulation. So we wanted to to just bring that story um, into the public realm a bit and start start asking the question: Well. Are we okay with that? You know, yeah. as, a, as a society, are we all right about limitless advertising at young people when yeah. we when we say we're not when it comes to telly or, or other media? Mm, yeah, and it's really interesting actually because my kids aren't teenagers yet, thank God, and I'm dreading it when they are. They're ten and eight, but um, you know, because of the way watching television has changed as well. So they'll, you know, watch something on Netflix or watch something that's recorded and can whiz through the adverts. So they don't have that exposure to that anymore. But they've quite recently just been allowed to get iPads and playing games on them and there are some games where they have to 
sit through a minute's advert to get to the next stage or to speed up the game or something yeah, like that. Okay. And, like, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, I probably ought to be having a conversation with them about that, you know, these adverts are just rubbish. <laughs> and trying to, um, So it's really difficult. Yeah, it is really difficult. Um, um, that's one of the reasons we've, we've put together a little guide for parents um, on our website. So if you go to the Global Action Plan website um, and look for the, for the bit that's called I Don't Buy It, you'll find a parent section in there. And that's, that's got a guide which just comes, uh, you know, suggests a few things about how you might want to talk to teenagers about, um, about advertising and, mm. and you know, just ask, asking basic questions about, you know, whether or not you realize that some things are adverts and some things aren't. Um, yeah. Because, you know, again, the, the academic research shows us that below a certain age, certainly below kind of 12 or 13, uh, children actually find it very difficult to perceive what is an advert and what isn't. Okay. Um, so there's stuff like that on there, but there's also links to ad blockers and various other little um, uh, tools that you can install on your uh, on your browser or on a smartphone um, to just kind of hold back some of the advertising that comes at you, you know, so blocking adverts or yeah. stopping some, some of the um, tracking that's going on and following you around um, around the web. So we hope that, that parents might find that useful and, um, and like we say, can, can start a conversation with their kids about, uh, about what it means to be bombarded with this much advertising. Yeah. And, my assumption is everybody's kind of familiar with influencers and what influencers are, but there, there might be some people who don't spend their whole life on social media like me <laughs> who kind of aren't. So um, tell us how the influencer advertising works. Yeah, so uh, brands have, have clocked on for a number of years now that um, rather than just paying for their usually quite expensive um, branded posts or big ad, ad campaigns, they can pay a celebrity who already has... Um, a large following and is associated with a certain kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. to essentially endorse their endorse their product. And there is a huge range of ways that they do that. And sometimes it's really not very clear that that's what they're doing. So they'll just sort of, you know, write an Instagram post, which sounds very much like it's in their own voice. It is mm-hmm. in their own voice saying how wonderful they found, you know, this particular kind of, I don't know, workout, um, kit or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or you know lipstick or whatever um, and it's just you know there might be a little hashtag that says ad at the bottom or brackets yeah. ad but the whole point is to blur that that boundary between uh, what they really think and what they're paid to think um, <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's uh, it's very insidious and and a lot of you know there have been some very high profile examples of of really really unpleasant promotion so there was I now can't remember the name of the person that did this but there there was an influencer who was um, it was you know known publicly that she was pregnant yet she was promoting a weight loss pill and um, you know all, all sorts of things like that yeah. which, which are just clearly absolutely uh, the wrong thing for, for anybody to be promoting particularly when they have a very young and impressionable audience yeah. and uh, so I think there are lots of questions about the influencer model advertising is throwing money at it now i mean it's it really is where brands are, are prioritizing their their advertising spend um and i mean it is also worth kind of considering the the influencers themselves are in many yeah. ways victims of this system you know they 
if that's how they think the only way they can make a reasonable living is just by you know going online and telling a range of truths half truths and lies about <laughs> how they feel about certain products um you know and feeling an enormous pressure to keep looking the way they look or being seen to be living their best life you know that's that puts that's putting huge pressure on them and um i think we've all seen through the kind of love island examples that it's not you know that the reality of of people's lives in, in this world is not the the kind of not chocolate box and roses it's packed out to be yeah but slightly um i can't think of the right word but you guys are also using influence as part of your campaign aren't you yeah, we are. And we, we, we're, we're really straightforward about that. So we've, um, we've got uh, about two or three um, influencers who are, uh, well, they're, they're actually, um, they're promoting our stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're not paying them to promote our stuff, but yeah. we have commissioned a couple of them to do the illustrative work um, to bring to life our, our Instagram mm-hmm. uh, kind of campaign. And yeah, I mean, we had the, we had this conversation internally. Like, are we okay with this? Um, ultimately, we felt that you know, well, what are we trying to do? We're trying to reach um, young people. We're trying to reach teenagers, and a charity with its own social media following is going to have limited success in just yeah. reaching young people who aren't following it. Um, whereas, you know, people who have got a profile among that age group uh, and who are happy to to work with us on this stuff are going to be going to be much more successful. Um, they are people who are generally promoting uh, ethical living and ethical yeah. lifestyles. Um, and I think there is a big difference between putting a uh, an influencer post in someone's feed, which is saying take this challenge and see how many ads are appearing in your, yeah, 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 in your yeah. Instagram feed and how you feel about that compared to buy this yes, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. electric toothbrush that <laughs> you don't need um, that will make you beautiful and nothing else will make you beautiful. I th- you know, I think there is a difference. Yeah, but, a massive difference. Yeah, I, yeah. I just thought it was an interesting that, you know, that, that whole kind of like um, the way influencers have developed and that they – I guess a kind of force for evil and a force for good type thing. Um, going I mean, on. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's like social media in, in and of itself. It's, it's incredibly powerful and it can, that power can be used for good things and for bad things. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're very sort of keen to not be seen as saying social media in and of itself is a bad thing because yeah. it's very obvious that really excellent things like the school strikes movement and yeah. uh, all the rest of it could not have existed or, or grown so quickly yeah. without the power of, of social media. And uh, so, we're, so we're not, you know, we, we try not to be too hair shirt yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> and it feels uh, yeah. to me like um, these are the kinds of conversations that almost should be happening at schools and, and in sort of PSHE lessons. And, you know, it's almost like a life skill being able to recognize and add and what it's trying to get you to do and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And um, we are, although it's not kind of visible as part of this campaign, we are um, in parallel doing a lot of work on on kind of values education and oh, um, the, the role that the that, that teachers and, and educators have in promoting and, and kind of reinforcing values of all kinds. And it's, mm. it's something we all do all the time, whether consciously or not. Uh, and I think we're we're really keen to work with teachers to to recognise that you know you can just through the language that you use you choose to use or 
um, you know, the examples you t choose to draw on in your lessons, you can reinforce what what we might yeah. uh, characterize as, you know, problematic values of, of materialism and consumerism, mm. or you can reinforce the opposite values of compassion and, you know, love for the environment and all the rest yeah. of it. And it's, it isn't necessarily just a question of let's go and do our um, sustainability lesson now yes, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about climate change in the context of geography yes um, there are there are so many elements to our everyday interaction with with young people that are that are sending you know either explicit or, or implicit yeah, yeah. signals about what's important and what isn't and, and we think there's a big conversation to be had there oh it's massive isn't it because I mean I vaguely remember being a teenager and you know I'd love to say I was one of these ones who had my own mind and but all the, all I wanted to do was fit in and not be picked on too horribly and um you know I, I see some teenagers now who who are you know proud to be shopping in charity shops and going on the school strikes and all and I would love to think that that's what my kids are, are you know going to be doing when they hit teenagehood but there's every chance that they're going to be following the crowd and wanting a particular brand of trainer and you know, hating me because I won't buy them X, Y, and Z. It's, God, it's just a minefield, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And, and you know, a lot of these of the things you just described are, of course, nothing new. You know, teenagers and, and kids have always had the capacity to be incredibly cruel to, to one yeah. another and, you know, bullying and, and uh, peer pressure is nothing new. That's, that's, that's always been just a part of, of growing up. But I do think that... There is a lack of accountability on on the advertising industry and on brands who are exploiting those tendencies, exploiting those insecurities, and bombarding teens with with content that that reinforces all of that um, message about fitting in, and it does so from from dawn till dusk. Yeah. I, I just don't think that's acceptable, and I think it's a new development that yeah. that we haven't really kind of reckoned with as a as a society we haven't actually said we're fine with this yeah it's just happened very quickly because uh you know some very clever yeah silicon valley tech billionaires have realized that they can make a lot of money by um you know by, by tapping in yeah there's kind of no getting away from it is that because your, your phone is with you all the time and yeah. whereas as you say you used to sit down and watch Grain chill or whatever it was, and uh, you know, and or neighbours, and there'd be an advert, and and you go and make a cup of tea or go for a wee, but now it's just there, and it's in in everything that you're digesting, it's kind of there. It's it's quite scary, really. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it is, yeah. So as <laughs> it just is. Um, so you t said that you've got this uh, toolkit that you've put together for parents, which I'll link to in the show notes, but. What are some of the things that, that we should be looking out for? What are some of the, how do we tentatively start to have these conversations with our teenagers and our young people? Um, I think spending as much time together and talking about it and leading by example is a, is a, is a good start. Um, Not be scrolling and, through your own Instagram while you're having a conversation with them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, Damn it. you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, young people that we've spoken to in various workshops uh, have brought that up you know yeah. and say quite rightly well hang on a minute why you're all telling us to spend less time on our phones yeah. but we can't even get your attention because you're constantly on on yours yeah, yeah, yeah. so um uh, I think you know parents do need to recognize that and teachers and everyone that you know it's as much about what you do as as what you yeah. say um so that's that's kind of you know one place to start um 
I think you talk about really simple things like just getting outdoors together more and that sort of thing and um you know, exactly like exactly we, we... extracting people from their their screens or their phones and going and doing something something more fun instead absolutely and you know these things sometimes sound a little bit simple and a bit cliched but yeah. they work and we know that you know when when people are outdoors and uh doing kind of physical activity that their their focus and their um their you know their levels of ang- focus rises and, and levels of anxiety tend to tend to drop um and it's a richer way to to spend your time um also just kind of trying to focus on what you do have and what you value and um and being grateful for the things that you've got mm. instead of focusing on the things that you don't have the next um, thing you want to get yeah uh, mm. you know again all of the academic research shows that, that that's a, a way to to feel happier and it and it sounds a bit a bit simple but um it is effective uh and I think I think you know just recognizing as as you've set out in in your podcast that buying less stuff is actually a way to feel much better. Uh, so asking yourself questions uh, uh, that might inform that decision. So you know, I love that you've got a list of questions, haven't you? I don't know if you've got them in front yeah, of you to refer yeah, so, to, but that to actually make buying a more thoughtful process rather than this just I need that I've got it. Um, yes, exactly. Some questions to go through. Can you just run through some of them? Yeah, so some, so the first is you know well why do I want this mm. as I suppose as opposed to why am I being told that I should have it you know why do yeah. I want this who is trying to sell this to me do I actually trust the brand or the source um, have I got something similar already yes. yeah. when will I use it will I be using it this time next year um, a, a crucial one actually which we haven't talked about much is like well why is it so cheap you know yeah. if there's a five pound bikini that yeah. Uh, is being sold by Boohoo or whatever. I mean, what? How? Mm, how is it yeah. made so cheap? Who's being? Who's paying the real cost? Yeah. Who's being exploited? Um, in the course of that exploitation, is somebody sitting at the top of a of a company getting fabulously rich? You know, am I, yeah. am I okay with it? And just you know, just little things like that, um, as well as the kind of more tangible things like, well, what is it made of? And is it yeah. friendly? And could I get this secondhand? All, all of those things, but. I think that that sense that we are all agents of, you yeah. know, we, we, we have the ability to make these decisions for ourselves. We don't have to just immediately swallow what, what's being thrown at us. Yeah. And you talked earlier about that sort of rebellious, natural rebelliousness of teenagers. And, and actually, one of the things I sort of found during our that year we spent buying nothing new was it's quite a rebellious act to sort of turn your back on um buying stuff and consumption and you know I'm not saying we didn't buy anything for the year we just found stuff secondhand but it felt like you know I've never been a rebel or a radical or anything like that and it felt quite a radical act it was quite Mm. surprising and that's I guess that's well that's just really interesting to hear because I think that gives you a sense of you know how far we have been sort of quietly overtaken by this by this consumer culture and the, the extent to which the act of buying and, and mindlessly consuming is what we consider completely normal and, yeah. and fitting in. And um, yeah, I think, I think it's, that's a common experience that that initial kind of resistance and, and, actually, and saying actually no can feel like you're stepping out of your comfort zone uh, and you're, yeah. you're doing things which everyone else thinks are a bit weird. But mm. once you've got out there and started doing it, it can start to feel very liberating and, 
and empowering and you suddenly feel like you're the person in charge of your decisions not yeah you're not just part of this big machine and that being kind of churned out yeah 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 Yeah. um god I could talk to you for hours about this but (laughs) you've got a proper job to go and do um (laughs) so where can we come and find out more and find all these brilliant resources so if you're uh if you're interested in looking at the Instagram campaign um to go on instagram and, and search for the hashtag i don't buy it mm-hmm. um no apostrophe in there just just uh d-o-n-t um and uh, or just go onto the global action plan uh page on instagram and you'll see uh both the posts that we've been putting out there but also we're getting increasing numbers now of of people um sharing with us all of the things they've been advertised yeah uh, during the course of of a minute and there's some amazing stuff in there and and often it'll be you know contradictory things like i don't know weight loss and cake exactly yeah (laughs) or yeah there's there's some amazing things in there and and it's just there's something quite interesting about seeing it all written down in a list and uh it's like wow i am being told i need an awful lot of stuff so do, is, it, do, is it only teenagers who can come and and do that and share it no no everyone is very welcome to do it the more the merrier um we you know we're, we're we're clearly trying to get um as many young people um taking part as possible yeah yeah that's the focus but no it's 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 open to but i think as a parent that's a really nice conversation starter actually with your with your young person I sound really old saying that um is to to go guys look I I did you know I, I saw about this campaign and I did this and look guess how many ads I got and and then you know why don't you have a go and see what you come up with and we'll compare our lists and yeah and that's exactly. a really nice opener to have a conversation isn't it definitely and and then you from there you can go okay so what what does this say about how you know the internet is defining me or yeah yeah, yeah. By, by the how algorithms you know, differently and people yeah. think i'm really into these things but am, yeah. am i actually really into these things you know and and i think there's that's a rich kind of starting point for for a conversation um definitely mm. uh, and then if you're um if, if you're a parent and you want to to get involved just go onto our website which is globalactionplan.org.uk uh, and navigate your way through to the I don't buy it section of the of the site, which um, uh, you'll find within the well-being and consumerism menu, uh, where there's lots of other interesting stuff about some of the things we're doing. Brilliant, fab. So what we need is everyone to go on to go onto Instagram, time for a minute, see how many ads they've got, share it with share it on their stories, and and share it with you guys, and and start having some conversations. Really, exactly. Yeah, we'd love we'd love as many people as possible to do that, and then try and stop buying so much crap. And yes, and then. <laughs> Get off the internet, yeah. go outside, have <laughs> a walk, yeah. talk Time to your family, time a tree, <laughs> do a drawing. Brilliant. Oh, thanks so much, Ollie. It's fascinating. And um, yeah, I really look forward to following the campaign and seeing how, seeing how it goes. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Sustainable-ish, you wonderful sack of loveliness, with me, Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small. Every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. 
or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time. Bye.